The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel this morning is from John, chapter 1, verses 43 through 51, and can be found on page 1647 in your pew Bible. John records, The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael, and he told him, We have found the one, the one who Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote. This is Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. And when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Well, how do you know me? Nathanael asked. And Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree, before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. And Jesus said, You believe, because I told you and I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. And then he added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open up and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? It's uh, in your uh, bulletin. If you take a look at that, right there above on uh, page two, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So today is the second Sunday after the Epiphany. We are in the season of Epiphany. I'll be proclaiming from 1 Samuel chapter 3, and then, of course, from the Gospel of John chapter 1. As we continue in the season of Epiphany, both the Old Testament reading and the Gospel reading deal with a special kind of Epiphany of God. And that is that he does to his people. In uh, both of these readings, God is calling specific people to serve him. I'm, all y'all, you've heard the word epiphany before, but 
How would you describe it? Think about it for a moment, and then tell me if you think that this is, this is accurate and only anyone could believe it or understand. Epiphany. What does it mean to you? I think a way to describe it is this. God is saying, ta-da! Okay? The Old Testament reading tells of Samuel. Samuel grew up in and around the tabernacle. So you know, at that time, the tabernacle was the tent where God had decided to show his presence to his people. And at the time where, uh, in his life, where in most modern day, today parents would be looking for preschool, Samuel's mother had brought him to the tabernacle and apprenticed him to Eli, who was the high priest. And Samuel was to live as an apprentice, his life dedicated to the service of the Lord. And the reading tells us that Samuel was still just a boy when the Lord came to him. It also tells us something else. It tells us that the Lord came and the Lord stood. And this indicates that the Lord's epiphany, his ta-da, to Samuel was in the form of an objective physical presence of some sort. He was there. And the Lord appeared to Samuel as a real physical presence who had real physical words. Words of judgment for Samuel to proclaim to Eli and to Israel. And this epiphany of God to Samuel was the call to be the last judge of Israel and the prophet who anointed both Saul and David as kings over Israel. Today's gospel tells us of Jesus giving an epiphany of himself to his first disciples. He is calling them to follow him. And today's reading deals primarily with the call of Philip and Nathaniel, who was also known as Bartholomew. And a general overview of today's reading shows this. It shows Jesus calling Philip, who in turn called Nathaniel. And the gospel narrative is very careful to tell us that it is Jesus. Jesus does the calling. We read this, or you listen to me read this. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. And by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, John makes it very clear that Jesus found Philip. Here's an invitation from God himself. There was no intermediary. Their words, they go directly from God's mouth to Philip's ears. And this is called a direct 
call from God. Now, God's call to Nathaniel is also as valid, but it's different. This is still an invitation from God himself, but this time God issued his call through his servant, his servant Philip. And today's gospel clearly says this, Philip found Nathanael, and he said to him, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. And this is an indirect call. God used a go-between to call Nathanael. And this indirect call is exactly the way that God calls his people today. I'll have to be honest with you. Some of you have heard the story of my call, and if you haven't, I'll tell you some other time. But in short, if I were God, I would not choose a sinner like me to tell others about his salvation. You've seen me say, I wouldn't have done it this way, or are you sure you got the right guy? I would not rely on fallible human beings to confess their faith to others. And in the end, the truth is it should be, I know and you should be thankful that I am not God. And God has ordained that we proclaim repentance. God has called his servants to proclaim repentance and forgiveness of sins in the name of Jesus. And he is determined to work through that proclamation, through that proclamation to bring salvation to all humanity. He works through his word as it is read as his word is preached, and as his word is shared by his people. And he also works through his sacraments in the church. As the church administers them through his called and ordained servants of Christ. Now Martin Luther said in the explanation of the third article, he wrote, the Holy Ghost has called me by the gospel. And it has been a long time since God has shown himself in a physical form the way that he did with Samuel, with Philip, and with Nathaniel. But the call of God truly does extend from one soul to another. And it's happening continuously. Now one thing that is consistent about all calls from God, whether they are direct or indirect, is that the call comes from God. It is God who calls us. He may, or we may search for God, but we cannot find him. It is always God, 
always God who finds us. So let's look at Samuel again. For example, the text tells us that he was sleeping in the temple with the Ark of the Covenant. Now you would think that anyone who did that, sleep in the tabernacle with the Ark of the Covenant, that he would know when the Lord was talking to him. However, when the Lord called, Samuel thought it was Eli. Samuel didn't find the Lord. The Lord found him. Let's look at Philip. Philip lived in Bethsaida. And if you were to look at a map, you would see that Bethsaida is not very far from Nazareth. Philip had lived his entire life just a few miles away from the Messiah. And his remarks to Nathaniel tell us that he even knew that Moses and the prophets pointed forward to the Messiah. So he was looking for the Messiah. Since a little boy, he had known that. And the Messiah was just about, I don't know, 12-ish miles away. Just over yonder in Nazareth from Bethsaida. And the truth is, he did not find Jesus. But Jesus found him. You see, Ever since Adam and Eve, they ran away and tried to hide from God in Eden. Mankind has run away whenever the true God approached. At best, we think that the things of God are there to make our lives miserable and boring. And it's more likely that we think God is out to punish and torture us. And we as human beings in our natural state, we are terrified of him. And so we in our natural state, we flee from his presence. And why do we flee the gracious hand of our Creator. Well, we flee because deep down inside, we all know who we are. While we are with others who are like us, we draw comfort from the fact that we are more or less about as good as the people who are around us. And if we look out into the world, we could even say, well, I'm not as bad as that guy. We go into denial in our natural state. We go into denial about our sin. We can delude ourselves into thinking that we are not so bad after all. In our natural state, we get comfortable in our moral degeneration, because the world around us is about as degenerate or worse than we are. Now, on the other hand, when God comes into our lives, 
I see and look out at you. When God comes into our lives, we see the filth in which we live. We see the lies, the gossip, and the hatred. We see how our eyes and our minds have been unfaithful to those we love the most. How we have been unfaithful to God. And the contrast between our sin and God's holiness is terrifying. So when we look for God in our own power, we find a little g God who measures up to our expectations. When we look for the little g God who makes us comfortable, we find comfort. We can search and search and search, but we will never find the true God because we are looking for the little g God of our own making instead of the holy God who is neither made nor created. A tendency to make God in our own image is the condition of the natural man. And that is the reason that our salvation depends on God coming to find us. It is He who searches for us as a shepherd searches for his sheep. It is he who came down to us in order that he might take us up to him. He did not come to punish, to punish us for our guilt. He came to take the punishment of our guilt onto himself, onto that cross. He did not come to let us fester, to marinate in our sin, but to defeat that sin by taking it to the cross for you and for me. He did not come to proclaim our eternal punishment. He came to proclaim our eternal salvation through his resurrection from the dead. You see, God came to Philip in the person of Jesus Christ. And through Philip, he came to Nathanael. Philip, Nathanael, and the other disciples, they all would witness all that Christ taught and did as he earned forgiveness for the sins of this world. And God inspired them to write down their experiences. And we have, we have their witness in God's Word, the Holy Bible. So now, God comes to us. He comes to us. He's here right now. He comes to us as we read. He comes to us as we consider. He comes to us as we discuss. And he comes to us as we preach. 
and hear the word. It is through that holy word that the Holy Spirit works. He works to produce faith in us. The faith that receives forgiveness. The faith that receives life. The faith that receives salvation from the God who calls us to be his own with him for eternity. God has called. You have heard him. Let us tell others, soul to soul, that God is calling. In the name of Jesus, amen.